seen how a lot of um, buyers would come and and purchase distressed properties and how they would turn around and apply a business plan. A lot of times do some repositioning and, you know, which most of the time it um, ended in improvements for the whole community, not just for like, not just for the one property that they were purchasing. So I think that really caught my attention and it was very, it was very appealing aspect of the industry for me. NAI Global presents How's Biz. Greetings and welcome to the How's Biz podcast sponsored by NEI Global. Today's guest is Gisela Haidar with NEI Global's Capital Markets team based in New York City. Welcome, Gisela. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. So it's it's nice to see you live, or at least at least through the the Zoom. We'll we'll be podcast only audio, but um, we've met before. And and one of the things that struck me is you had a little bit of an accent. I, I I've learned since that you're Argentinian uh, mm-hmm. by background, and what you emigrated with your family when you were sixteen. Yep, that's right. We uh, we came from Buenos Aires to Texas, and and then you had, ended up going to Texas. Uh, Christian or Christ, what is it? Uh, T- Texas Christian University in in Dallas Fort Worth, right? Yeah, in mm-hmm, yep. I went to so I came when I was I think a sophomore in high school. So I did the last few years of high school in in Texas, and um, we we first moved to a small town called Cleburne, which is right outside of the DFW Metroplex area, and then eventually went to Fort Worth, where I finished high school, and then started at uh, TCU, Texas Christian University, and then graduated from um, from there um, and started working for C3. And your, your C3, which uh, listeners, you, I think you know, is the parent company of NEI Global. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think you told me, Giselle, you started working with C3 actually in Dallas, not in New York City. That's right. Yeah. So I started working at C3 back in uh, 2012 in Dallas. I worked there for uh, three years and then moved to New York eventually in 2015. And I've been here ever since. So you you started with C3 Realty Services in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was the nature of your work then? Was it related to special servicing work? Because at the period we were cleaning up the mess from the great financial crisis. Yeah, exactly. So I was I did I was not working for the special servicer, but I did a lot of work um for them so i was part of c3 realty services which is which was the uh dispositions brokerage arm of the special servicer so we sold a lot of like the cmbs 1.0 deals that came through the pipeline of the special servicer uh and liquidated those deals for them got it and and i'm going by a pretty good memory nei global has been owned by c3 capital group for, I believe, 10 or 11 years. So you really started right about the time C3 acquired NEI Global. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think um, our group merged with NAI, I want to say shortly after that, maybe two, around 2015. Okay. And and that's one of the things I learned when I first started working with NEI Global is the Capital Markets Group, which is headed by Arthur Milston and Alex Wadi. Uh, 
you guys do dispositions only, correct? Yeah, we do um, investment sales and capital markets. Um, most of our, but the bulk of our work is in uh, investment sales. And, and since we're on the subject, um, Gisela, why don't you dig in and tell us what kind of property types uh, your group specializes in, and then, and then really specifically, what's your role with with the capital markets group? What's what's your area of expertise? Yeah, yeah. So we do every property type, and we look at every market. Um, so we, you know, we are all very generalists in that sense. Um, you know, especially like going back to like 2012 through 2015 when we were selling all of the CMBS deals for uh, C3 as a management, the special servicer. Um, we had a lot of deal volume and got experience in every single property type in various markets throughout the country. Um, so we, you know, we we do have a large transactional history, a lot of like secondary and tertiary markets as well. Um, but right now we would look at it pretty much everything. Well, certainly the great financial crisis uh, was damaging to all asset classes for sure. So not surprising you were involved with office, industrial, multifamily, you name it. Um, yeah. And, and collectively, I've seen it somewhere, but why don't you share with listeners, what is the monetary count of, of transactional work your group is, has closed? It's, it's well in excess of a billion dollars, but what is it? Um, I want to say it's about 16 billion. If I have the number right, it's, it, you know, definitely um, a lot. We've, we've closed on a lot of deals, every property type, like you mentioned, retail office, industrial, uh, multifamily hotels, uh, you know, it's that that's inclusive of everything that we've sold since uh, 2012. Got it. Well, um, what was your attraction to the real estate industry? I know your your college, your undergraduate degree, and we're going to talk about your recently earned uh, postgraduate degree. Um, your degree was economics and something related, but how did you end up in, with a real estate company? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I major in economics, minor in math. And I really came to commercial real estate just by chance. Uh, I started interviewing for jobs my senior year of college, and I read the description for C3, and I thought it could be a good match. You know, coming, <laughs> went to the interview. I was very open with them. I don't know anything about real estate, and they were everybody was like, no worries, we'll teach you. <laughs> um, so I, you know... Came by I came here by chance, and then after the first year of being an analyst, I, I was hooked. I knew that I wanted to um, be in it long term, and it was a career that I wanted to pursue. Uh, and really, what I think what really appealed me about it appealed to me about it was that, um, you know, I could really see the implications of the economy and public policy having a obviously a, a background in economics and how that affected the commercial real estate industry and also vice versa especially like you mentioned coming out of the great financial crisis that which was something that we um, started very in detail during my um, college years and my uh, economics major um, so I think that that was something that really caught my attention and then seeing how a lot of um buyers would come and and purchase distressed properties and how they would turn around and 
apply a business plan a lot of times do some repositioning and you know which most of the time it um ended in improvements for the whole community not just for like not just for the one property that they were purchasing so i think that really caught my attention and it was very it was very appealing aspect of the industry for me that's a very thoughtful insightful view it's not one that we often think about or hear about is commercial real estate's role as part of the greater economy and and vice versa so uh well said and and you also touched on something that that will be a generational thing you are um, among thousands of young people that will will someday be an older person and look back in your career gosh and say gosh what a great time to start a career right after the one of the worst financial crises in the history of of our country. So uh, that's a remarkable place to start. So that's, mm -hmm. you learn a lot, though, uh, through the uh, you know if the distress itself is a, a teachable moment. Yeah. So as you alluded to, the uh, recreation of wealth and certainly the the phrase value add became uh, like a predecessor keywords to any acquisition uh, for the last decade. We've run out of value add stuff. Uh, but that's maybe a new wave is coming for the rest of the 2020s. Mm -hmm. um, did, early on, did you have a mentor? You said when you started, of course, like all of us, you don't know much. And uh, they they said, we'll teach you. So did you have a mentor or was it plural mentors? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of mentors throughout um, my career so far. I, you know, going back to the days in Dallas, just to mention a few, uh, Kathleen Copeland, Linda Simpson, who were um, at the time were VPs in our in our group for C3 Realty Services. Um, also, uh, you know, obviously my current mentor and in boss, Arthur Milston as well. Uh, we've worked together for about seven years and I've learned so much from him. Um, and I've also participated in more structured mentorship programs, like the ones from ICSE, um, uh, ULI. I now um, just won a, a scholarship through WX as well, uh, which is a um, organization for women, women in commercial real estate. And um, I will be starting a new mentorship program with them in September. So I've, you know, I've definitely... Um, benefited a lot and learned a lot from great mentors throughout my career. That's very smart, Gisela, to be deliberate about it. Um, most people don't have the um, awareness to be proactive. So uh, my hat's off to you for that. Thank you. Uh, and and the, the, I was going to ask you about the women thing, but there were some women at C3 that you were a mentee of. So you're not alone, but you're still a minority, at, you know, in, in terms of gender. Um, was that off-putting to you when you first joined the industry or did, did you think nothing of it? No, I mean, you know, I was the um, only, when I first joined, I was the only analyst woman in a pool of, I want to say seven or eight analysts. Um, but I never really felt like, you know, I was any different. I never, I, it, it was never a disadvantage for me or anything like that. Um, I think everybody just welcomed me with open arms and they always make me feel like one of the boys. So, you know, that was for me that that never was an issue. Uh, but I definitely love being part of uh, women organizations uh, like the ones that I mentioned, like the, um, 
you know, there, there's a woman initiative uh, section in ULI and then WX. Um, I just, you know, I love uh, getting to network with other female um, members within the industry and just listening to uh, what they go through on a daily basis and just having that, you know, sisterhood within the industry. Excellent. And, and I'm glad to hear that you were welcomed as an equal, which is appropriate. Uh, are you also involved with the New York chapter of Crew, Commercial Real Estate Women? Yeah, I'm not. I'm technically not a member, but I've been to a lot of their events and, you know, have participated uh, in a lot of initiatives as well with them. Um, but I, I, that's something that I need to, <laughs> I need to get back to, uh, you know, completing the the membership requirements with them. Well, there's only so much time in a day. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you're plenty active, uh, but it, it's a, probably a good thing to pursue eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to the, the the detail on your work, you you specialize in financial modeling and underwriting commercial properties. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we are a small team, so we do get to wear a lot of many hats and we um, really, all of us are responsible for the deals since sourcing the deal all the way through closing uh, and really, you know, provide that support for Arthur Milston and Alex Wadi. Um, so, you know, we are, yes, a lot of it goes to underwriting and modeling the deals and, you know, UCF and performance, but a lot of it is also um, talking on the phone with investors and, um, you know, conducting the marketing process and then, you know, contract negotiation and all the way through closing. Well, we're obviously uh, entering and really already in a very dynamic time mm -hmm. with the capital market space. Um, you and I listen in and participate in a lot of capital markets calls, multifamily investment calls. And it's 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 a moving target, and it's what what happens next is could be a hang on to your hat kind of moment. Uh, so I'm sure you'll be plenty busy, you and the whole team. Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you, Gisela, is is uh, you just earned a master's degree in real estate development from New York U University. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tell us about about the degree program, and you know what did you learn? And I think there were some special projects that you did within it that that also generated some other recognition we'll name in a minute but why don't you talk about the the degree program itself yeah yeah I mean the I loved every single every single thing about the program um just how the classes are laid out the fact that um the majority of the professors that I had were adjunct professors so a lot of them worked for large corporations during the day doing their you know day job at in commercial real estate and then they teach night classes so you really get to see that real world you know view and and experience within the industry um and you know I I loved everything about it my professors just like also the curriculum was really good um, being able to learn more about modeling and underwriting and then the development process itself. Uh, it was a very, um, you know, rich experience for me. Did, did I'm just curious and listeners maybe too, did, because I've worked on some entitlement programs myself. Did you touch on the entitlement process and particularly the softer issues around things that happen with, for example, community opposition to a specific development? 
Yep, we have a whole semester class <laughs> on that. Uh, and I found it very interesting. We actually used the uh, the case study from the Disney um, development, the land assembly in Florida, and it was a, it was one of the best classes that I've taken. I don't know the history personally, but I'm guessing that took at least a decade to accomplish. The uh, the Disney case. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was in the works for many years. Yeah, for sure. Not surprising. Well, we, uh, that's a subject we'll we'll have to renew some other day. But uh, I'm glad it was a topic of of uh, your studies because it's an important factor. If you if you can't get approval, uh, all the all the bells, whistles, financing, all that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on with your master's degree? I, I know um, along the way it, it generated some recognition. So, listeners, Giselle has been named by TREP as one of the future commercial real estate leaders to watch. And so again, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you're one of just a handful of uh, young people that that TREP has recognized as some of our future leaders. W within your work with NAI Global and the Capital Markets team, how might you apply your, uh, your, your real estate development uh, degree and what you've learned in the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the capital markets team, we haven't done any development deals yet. <laughs> um, we haven't advised on any any development deals, but I think overall it really, especially for me that, you know, I never had an a formal education, educational background in, in real estate. I, I think it really um helped connect the dots in many of the different areas of study. Um it also, you know, just gives me gave me a much more um well-rounded perspective of the industry um since i got to see to get a lot of exposure to different areas and different you know all the different classes that we took um and you know i think also developers are very creative people um and when you learn to think like one you can be so much more creative about your deals um, you know, you you can really see, think think about the deal in a different way. So what's going to happen when a new buyer comes in and, and buys a property? And how do you, now that you, you can think more about that process and what they have to go, like you just mentioned the entitlements and uh, zoning and, you know, things like that, uh, especially, you know, the, the financial aspect of it as well then you can kind of like go back and think about how you would sell the property. So I think in that sense, it just gives you a much more well-rounded perspective. Well, I say if, if you can uh, be in your in your client or customer's shoes and think like her or him, uh, you're more likely to do a better job on their behalf. So exactly makes yeah. complete sense. Mm -hmm. Well, Gisela Haidar with NEI Global's Capital Markets Group. It's been delightful speaking with you. Wish you well in the rest of your career and, and uh, see you soon, I hope. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to How's Biz presented by NAI Global. Review, share, subscribe, and keep an eye out for the next episode.